What mustn't happen is what happened in 2008, where the banks go into a room with Gordon Brown or uh, Tony Blair and they, they, they maintain the status quo. What I think is going to happen is the asset bubble, whether it's real estate, financial assets, is going to collapse. And therefore, when that happens, and it hasn't happened yet, when that happens, you want to be in a position that, that you distribute responsibility. The ideas that Morris and I have, they're not theoretical. They're actually totally practical, but they need a change of mindset. They need to be, uh, you need to have the opportunity to do that. So when this systemic collapse happens, I can't tell you if it's going to be six months or a year. Let's say it was tomorrow, what would happen? Then, then you get the right people around to start. What mustn't happen is what happened in 2008, mm-hmm. where the banks go into a room with Gordon Brown or uh, Tony Blair and they, they, they maintain the status quo. If that happens, mm-hmm. I think, uh, Morris, what do you think would happen if that, what would happen? I don't know, but I want to know if they collapse tomorrow and they go into a, in, into a room with their pal Rishi Sunak, what's going to happen? I, I agree with you that the, the point is this, democracy has to kick in. I completely, to me, that scares me because I, I think Rishi would do the same thing as... as um, um, Gordon and 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 Tony, but uh, th- th- I think you all suspect that's what he do. But but what I what we're trying to say is that it would be a complete disaster, and you, mm-hmm. you get the kind of things that happen in France. I think I don't you tell me, me what do you think people would do? Let's say they went into 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 a room and they bailed out all the banks again. In this country, yes. I think I think we just lie down and take it. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. I, 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 I I'm, I'm more. I, I'm not sure we would. I, it's a question of how long it takes. It's a question of how long it takes. I agree with you. We're passive as 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 English, but but these people are struggling to, to to put food on the table, and the problems have been created by the banks. If those same banks mm-hmm. that have actually caused the problem end up taking, let's think about this. Let's play this out. So so the, the banks, I think, are insolvent. Why are they insolvent? One because they've got long term treasury bills, which they took out at very low interest rates which they should really be marking to market, but they're not, which means that they're fundamentally, they've got problems with their balance sheets and their debts, their loan books are, are broken. Think about what happens then in the scenario where the banks are insolvent. Let's say let's take the property crash because they're, they're all their property portfolios and their loan portfolios are underwater. So are, is Rishi going to allow the banks to take everybody's house away? Let me ask you, are they going to allow that? Because that's what the law would say. But that's where the law goes. And what they've done at the moment is they've postponed it for a year. So they've given, they've, they've actually ducked the issue and they've stopped the repossessions because by law you have to wait 12 months. That's why it's not happening. But would they allow those houses to, to, to be repossessed so people are kicked out of their homes in their millions? Is that going to happen? I think we're moving towards that now. I think people are now having to sell their homes because they can't when they come out, the fix comes out. They cannot afford their mortgage repayments. So we're seeing it now. But, but no, the repossessions aren't happening. No, it's, it's being artificially... Repossessions have gone up 40%. Yeah, I know. But, but it, this should be a million. They're only in the thousands. It's only just... People... I, oh, mean, no, no, I think it's about uh, 100,000 people every month are rolling off, right? Yeah, so but, so it's it's only just starting. The, the noise is, is, is starting to get louder. Now. The reason why not is they can't. Because the law's been changed. which stops the repossessing. They're not allowed to for 12 months. They've got to wait for 12 months. And that's what... And then what? 
But then, 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 mm. then what? But the point is, these things have to be dealt with. You can't keep on mm. keeping because eventually we've got a fundamental problem. There's too much debt, Maria. They just. They, they I do. So I feel like we're getting away from the the, yeah, the, the point. Yeah. Which is, which is, I do, I just want to know what the why we had to exit the EU. I'm explaining to you. Uh, okay. I'm explaining. Okay. Oh, we're taking a There's a logical sequence that I'm going yes. through. Okay. I've got to build the building blocks. What I'm saying yeah. to you is. There's going to be a systemic collapse, point one, within the next six months to a year. Okay, I can't tell you when, but it will happen. Two, what do you then do in that scenario? Um, I agree with you, it's, we mustn't do what happened before. The inclination will be for Richard to go into a room and, to, to, and, and that we have to get democracy engaged and people like you talking to people, starting to talk with the demos, talking to the people, start getting engaged, like we did with Brexit. Whatever you say, there was a lot, even though a lot of people engaged with it, doesn't matter, they, they, they were told lies, and not a whole people, but they were engaged with it. You need to get people engaged now in what is the, the real issue of Brexit, which is the, the economy, which isn't working for people. And then you get people to start talking about it. We, as responsible communicators, start to get people engaged in a discussion. And then you stop Rishi from just going into, into, into a room and, and stitching us all up. And having a practical alternative and to the bailout. We have to have an alternative. So what I'm saying to you, but if you're within the EU, you can't do that because you haven't got autonomy. You're not allowed to do that. You can't make your own law because it's subject to being overrided by Brussels. And that's why you fundamentally need the freedom to, to create a new model. And without that, there's no, the discussion doesn't start because they say, don't worry, you're in the dream world, you can't do it. Now, we can, and we don't need Europe. Well, let's, let's move away from Brexit now, because I do want to get on to the, the covenantal approach and how it's going to help with this cost of living crisis. How will what you're coming up with, the, the white paper, um, how is it going to help us? How is it going to help people, the average Joe? Um, you mentioned long term, which is definitely your vision, but as Marina pointed out, and I totally agree, you've got to have short term options yeah. because people are getting desperate and that's what's going to happen. So how does this all play out, both long term and importantly short term as well? Yes, yeah, so Morris and I just talked about a, a civic trust because uh, there are a number of components, let's build them up one by one. The first thing is this, um, if you allow shareholders or company directors uh, under Section 172 of the Companies Act to be responsible to the members, which is the shareholders, and they have a predominant say over the way most of the economy operates, and you've got the state, which is supposed to be separately putting in countervailing powers to tell you've got misalignment. Never, it will never work because you've always got fights because you're not being aligned with people. So what Maurice and I talked about and developed is the idea that you want every organisation to be aligned on purpose, which I think both of us would agree. We've got to look after people, we've got to care for people, we can't commoditize. People are human beings, they're, they're not things, they're not commodities. So one, we have to look after people. Two, we have to look after nature. Both of those, I don't think agree that the global warming is obscene and what we're doing is, so we're, we're destroying, we're crushing people, the people you describe, they can't put food on the table, they can't get, are being crushed by the system. And therefore we have to stop allowing the law of a company to say this is perfectly acceptable. There's an invisible hand that, that will ensure that, that no one gets abused. So nonsense, there is no invisible hand and we all know it doesn't work. So what we came up with is a civic trust, which is purpose focused, which is not focused on one particular group on the shareholder, it's focused on people and it's focused on nature. And, and, and therefore you start to move away from 
a misalignment between the state, which does is supposed to care about people and nature, even though I agree that it doesn't in its current format. It's dishonest and it, and it doesn't know what it does. It's just, quite the opposite. Uh, I agree, I'm not arguing with that. It's ex- exploitation of people, exploitation of the environment. It's just it's power hungry. It's, it's, mm-hmm. But 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 both have to work and be focused on people and nature. So the first thing that we did is, is says um, the purpose of a civic trust is just that. And it's going to be declared its purpose is look after people, look after nature. And that has to be the model that replaces the, 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 the capitalist model. But Section 172 has to go, in, in, in my view, because until you get that alignment, until we're trying to pull together, um, we haven't got a hope of doing it. So, so that's, that's condition number one. Uh, uh, that's the first attribute of, of a civic trust. Um, the, the next thing which you raised is um, how do you hold it to account? Okay, so we've, we've designed, we've agreed that the purpose is looking after, and the, do we both agree there's got to be some degree of accountability? You can't leave it to, to but you would say maybe leave it to the state. The problem I've got with leaving it to the state is it's, it's too remote. The state is, is distant. It's too, and it's too comfortable. We see that. We've lived with Socialism didn't work either. A big state. I personally believe that capitalism and socialism should work alongside each other. And, and it can work alongside each other. And it can work effectively under the governance of a state that isn't corrupted. But I'm not and, that, and sadly, that's where we are. But I, I genuinely think, I it, and that. that is a far more palatable, easier shift to achieve with the right government in place than what, what I think we're talking about no, here. I'm, I'm, talking I'm, about just, I'm just trying to think. The country is in the gutter. Yeah. What is the quickest way for us to get out of it? And I and I, I think my suggestion would be what I've just touched upon there. And it's a, a hybrid model. And it, it's, it does include state intervention, but it's a well-intentioned in, state, which is not what we've got now. No, I, I'm not arguing with you that it's a function for the state, but it's to hold, but it's it's not to, to run... I don't agree with Morris about the nationalisation of water, because nationalisation as a centralised organisation wouldn't mm. work. But create, moving it to civic trust, which is distributing it to small units, with, whereby the ownership... So the, the, the model I, that, that I describe is a model where, which is based on the concept of trust. So it's a civic mm. trust. How does that work? You have legal title. So the company or the directors would have legal title to the goods. Like they can make decisions about the goods that they're responsible for. But the big thing about it is it's, they're not the sole beneficiary. The shareholders in the current model are the beneficiary. The model that I'm describing, the beneficiary, is society at large. We're not, what, what you're talking about is not massively different to what generally I, I, but, but what you're talking about is reliant on trust, right? But it's reliant on good people with good intentions. No. And it, okay, so if you get some unscrupulous people, if you get like a Jacob Rees-Mogg, for example, yeah. into one of these civic trusts, <laughs> what do you think he's going to do? No, I'm not going to talk about specific individuals. Okay, fine. But, not but, specific. But, Someone like yeah, Jacob Rees-Mogg. No, Morris, explain to Morris is the expert on, on community organisation. You tell me how it works. Yeah, so there's an accountability to the local community. That's how it works. And that goes, and that's organised through local assemblies. So... So, for example, with water, we used to have the water boards, and the water boards were local, not-for-profit organisations. So, I'm with you. When it comes to a sofa or a camera, that should be uh, worked through with the price system. But when it comes to the necessities of life, water, electricity, and to some extent having a home, uh, these are absolute necessities um, that shouldn't exclusively be worked through the price system. So... 
um, so the provision of water should be organized on a decentralized basis. And what you have, you have these local assemblies where those who run it are held to account. Their contracts are renewed. You know, if people, there's any malfeasance that comes up. A local, the local, the places where the people live, local communities. uh, I'm doing this work in Grimsby, building up a local community organization. Grimsby chosen because it really is an abandoned Mm -hmm. place. And people do care about their lives. So this is about democratic. The, the, the accountability is democratic, um, takes place um, locally through these um, annual, annual assemblies. So the big question um, is, Marina, you know, what is and what is not a commodity? Now, the problem with capitalism as it works is it wishes to turn human beings and nature exclusively into something controlled uh, by the price system. The role of a democratic politics is to say that things like education, health, water, electricity shouldn't be organised in that way. So there's a completely legitimate place for the price system in real commodities, but you decommodify those things that have been falsely brought into the market system. And that's what we've lived through over the last 40 to 50 years. So I guess the point of issue is the EU facilitated and did not resist that. That's why I changed my position on that. Um, and that really went on sort of in the late 80s, early 90s. In its original form, the the EU really did protect small farmers. It, it, it was pro-worker in terms of forms of co-determination of, of iron and steel industries in Germany and France. But it moved to a much more what you call market uh, or Hayekian position. Um, but the key thing is is that there needs to be a reactivation of democracy. This is a crucial part of what this is about. Unfortunately for now, we're going to have to leave it there. But thank you so much, everyone. That was a really thought-provoking discussion. Really, really interesting. Thank you to Philip, of course. Thank you to Bill Glassman and Marina as well. And thank you for watching. And we will see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.